the American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. Whosoever believes, man, this has caused all kinds of theological problems. Now, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only son, that whosoever believes, whosoever never means everybody. Define the word, whosoever. No, that's just whoever. But we make it mean everybody. It really is stated this way. Every believing one. If I just wanted to break it directly out. He gave his only, one and only son. That every believing one in him. Or every one that believes in him. Not every one but everyone that believes in him. Okay? And, and the in there, you can look it up. It's a little different than the typical word in. In Greek, was, was the word in. Mm, <laughs> Epsilon nu. But this is the word ice, not I-C-E. Uh, okay? Um, this, that's how you pronounce the, the Greek letters, okay? It's in him. Into him. is maybe even a better translation. Into him. Okay? Whoever believes into him, that fits a little more with what we read before in the previous verse, okay, will not perish but have eternal life. The first clause took us to what moved God to give his one and only son. That is love. The second clause tells us for whom he gave, the believing ones, everyone that believes. That will mess with some people's theology. Who was he given for? The believing ones. That's who he was sent, gave to. Not the unbelieving ones. Uh-oh. I won't be able to get out the door today without somebody catching me on that one. Then the last clause, that starts with that or so that, makes known God's purpose in giving or sending. That is what? That all those believing ones should not perish but have eternal life. Motive, love. Who? Believing ones. For what purpose? That they would not perish and have eternal life. Now, I know if you thought about that as you quote John 3.16, okay? But I think it's important as we break it down because we have to go into verse 17, which begins with four. Oop, let me, let me explain even more for you. All the way up there, we start with that, that serpent held up, son of man must be, okay, four, John 3.16, four, John 3.17, 
For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. I know, I did that fast on purpose. So he's, he's even going a little further here, because he's moving from the positive to the negative, the positive. He sent his Son so that the believing ones will not perish. And he gets down to two more verses. Let me tell you, those ones are other ones that don't believe, they're already condemned. He moves from this positive statement <clears throat> to a negative statement. Did not send. See, always moving towards the negative. But I want you to sent is the operative verb on the mission of Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John. I have too many verses here listed. John beats this idea into the reader. God, Jesus was sent by the Father. The Son never sends the Father. The Father and the Son send the Holy Spirit. And that's something when we talk about the economic trinity. But he's sent. That, that just, I'm serious. If I, I, have, I even have it like in ten font, eight font, just so I could fit them all in here. There's so there's many on that. Relatives, particularly with Jesus being sent. There's other times when you send somebody to get bread. That, I didn't count that. Okay? God did not send. Let me tell you the reason I didn't send him. Now, I sent him, gave him, that the believing ones would not perish and have eternal life. But let me explain even deeper. I'm going to tell you why I didn't send him. Or why purpose I didn't send him for. Did not send a son into the world to judge the world. Okay, we've got three worlds here. Right? Well, the first one, it did not send him where? Into the world, the realm of physical existence, the incarnation. Okay? Not to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Trust me, with the next verse and what we just saw before, who's not judged in John 3.16? The believer. Those are the ones that are not judged because the next verses tell us that the unbeliever is judged already. So this can't be everybody because the next verse would be contradicting it if that was the case. <clears throat> so I didn't send the son for this purpose to judge the world, those that are the believing ones. Why? That those believing ones might be saved through him. Judge, I memorized it back then. It's condemned. For God sent not us into the world to condemn the world because judgment has that kind of idea. It could be just a decision, but here it has the connotation of condemnation. But that is in contrast. Judging is in contrast to saving and giving eternal life. Okay? Verse 18. Put it in context. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And he who believes. So how do you see? That's why I know that those are the worlds of the believing ones. He goes, believing ones does this, believing ones. And him is not judged. Oh, so those are the ones he did not send him to a judge or the purpose. It says so right there. What an idea. Read the context, find out what it means. Contrasted by this, he who does not believe is condemned already. Because. Again, if you're in the Wednesday night crowd, becomes we bold because. And it literally is in my notes. 
he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. What does that do with Lucifer being Jesus' brother? One and only Son. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Just because somebody didn't do any studying or something. Yeah, I said that out loud. Okay. Jesus had said he did not come to condemn. Yet the unbeliever is condemned already. What is interesting is the criteria for the judgment is not righteous or good works. It's those who believe. Sort of like looking at the snake on a pole. If you didn't believe what God said about that, it wasn't going to work. When you, when you offered a lamb and a priest took it and slaughtered that thing in that bloody mess and put it on an altar, that's supposed to forgive your sins? Why? How can a lamb do that? It's a dumb sheep. Why? Because God said, if you do this, I'll do that. You had to believe what God said. And I'll get to that too. You know me, I'll go there. Verse 19. This is the judgment. So he's talking about up here, I, did, I, I didn't send him in the world to judge the believer. The unbelievers judged already. This is the judgment. You'll understand why I came to this judgment. I wish they would have done that in the Olympics because I never can figure out why the judges gave certain scores. But anyway, this is the judgment. The light that the light has come into the world. Capital L. Light. We, we learned from chapter 1, when it starts in the beginning, was the, word, uh, the light, yeah, yeah, the light is Christ. And all that he achieved and did on earth, the light has come into the world, the realm of human existence, and men loved darkness, darkness representative of Darth Vader, right? No. Okay. All right. Yeah, sin, wickedness, evil. Men love that wickedness, sin, and evil rather than the light. Not not to say rather than religion. Rather than going to church. Rather than morality. No, no, no. They love the darkness more than they love Christ. Yeah, somebody needs to go. This is good preaching. Four. Let me explain. How do you know that? Because their deeds are evil. Or let me put it another way dark. How do I know you love the darkness of Jesus? Because you live there. That's what you do. Okay? I can see your deeds. And here's the point God's not judging the deeds by what they look like out here, They're judge- He's judging the deeds by what's in here. You can come out here and look at this serpent on a pole, but I know what's really inside. you just doing the religious thing because of Moses maybe here that you thought was the leader. He said to do it, so you're doing it because you want to look like religious like everybody else because, you know, when you're in America, and that's where we're a Christian nation, so we got to look like that. Not necessarily anymore, but you got the idea. Okay? So you've seen the shift here. It's noticeable that it's moved from a positive declaration have eternal life, those who believe, to this negative declaration. 
obvious contrast between the light and the darkness. I, I mean, you can be a little kid, you know the difference between light and dark. So we don't have to, to guess on that. Again, what he's saying is, I know you love. There's proof of what you love, how you live. Your deeds. You'll see here in this, you see the words deeds, works, do what you do. Those kind of things come into play here. Notice in the positive declaration, the only positive you could might say is doing is believe, but it isn't. It's the believing ones. It's a noun. And, okay. For, uh-oh, there's that word again. It's the Greek word gar. We pronounce it as gar. For everyone, or word the word all, can be either one. For everyone who does evil hates the light. Do you need it any simpler than that? Come to ask you a question. Does Putin love the light? How do you know that? For everyone who does evil hates the light. See, that idea of does, deeds, actions. <clears throat> and does not come to the light. Okay, They hate it. They hate the light, Christ. They prefer the darkness over Christ. Their actions are, I'm going to say this way, dark. Okay, He hates the light. Their actions show they hate the light. And they don't come to the light. Then how does anybody ever get born again? In the context of Nick. Anyway. Does not come to the light. For, there's that gar again. I know, you thought it was pirates, huh? Gar. I, if I have to get that to get you to remember it, I'll be a little silly. For fear that his or her deeds will be exposed. They, they hate Christ, the light, because he exposes my darkness. Let me put another. Yeah, I used to go to church, but everybody there just judged me. Really? How did they do that? What did they do? Well, you know, you just know it, you feel it. No, what it is is your, your darkness was being exposed in the presence of Christ, and that was bugging you. So you don't come. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay? They hate the light. Why? Because it exposes the wickedness of their deeds. Even ones that on the outside to us or to themselves, those people, look like good ones. But. Uh, but is what? Contrastive conjunction. Contrast. He who practices truth, no, wait a minute, who does evil deeds, does, 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 but he who practices the truth comes to the light, Jesus. So that, notice the difference, so that. The other guy doesn't come to the light because when he gets there, his, his evil heart and that, will be exposed. Those who practice truth come to the light so that 
his or her deeds may be manifested as having been what by or in God. Now, what's an old King James word, but the NAS keeps it, all right? So, so let me take that a little bit. Let's, first of all, we're contrasting those in the darkness with those who practice truth and come to the light. If you recall, practice truth. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. John 17 and 17. Your word is truth. Okay. Those who practice the word comes to the light. You know why I know that? Because in the beginning was the word, and the word, the word, the light. You can't go to the word without coming to the light. In John, 1 John, 1 John, the epistle, 1 and 6. If we say we have fellowship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie, and we do not practice the truth. John carries that language into his epistle. But those who practice the truth, they come to Christ... So that, in this case, in result, their deeds are manifest as having been what? ESV says it is, having been carried out in God. Holman Christian Standard says, accomplished by God. New King James, having been done in God. NIV, been done through God. Huh? Well, I, I think it's better than the word what. What is, is work done? Okay, an old word in that time. Okay, so, so when they, they come to the light because they've practiced the truth, what's manifested is the work was done by God. <clears throat> John 6, we'll get there. I know I'm jumping ahead. 28 and 29. And therefore they said to him, Jesus... What are we to do so that we may accomplish the works of God? You can't. You can't do what God does. That's what Jesus answered. And Jesus answered him, this is the work of God. Here it is, ready? That you believe in him whom he has sent. Well, who are the believing ones? When God worked it in them. That's the work of God. The belief that you have. That's God's work. And when you're in the truth, drawn to the light, what you find out is God does it. You realize it's not me doing anything. It's God doing it to me, in me, on me. Pick whatever one you want. Those who do the truth... I'll put it, are in the Word and practice the Word, will come to Christ. Why? Because the Word of God always accomplishes for that which it is sent. Amen. Always. Not to the glory of themselves as righteous people, but to show publicly that their works are done in God. That is, God has been at work in their lives all along. Because those who unbelieve, 
are already judged. They're already condemned. And those who believe are, oh, yeah, oh boy. The light either exposes the deed, your deeds as evil, or they reveal that your deeds aren't yours at all. It's God working in you. Okay? I, I know I'm redeemed, that I'm blood-bought, not because I did, because God did. Why did I believe? Because God did. It was His work that I believed. Why, why did I repent? Because God worked in me that I willfully chose to repent. The faith I had to believe wasn't mine either. God grants that, grants repentance, grants faith. I want you to ponder that a minute. As we look at this, for God so loved the world, that is, the believing ones, that the believing ones would not perish but have eternal life. He didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the believing ones. But that the believing ones, you're getting it. How much does God love you? For God so loved that he gave. How much does God love those that are his, that are in the light, that believe? Now watch this. The only reason is you're that is because he made you that. Now watch. I have these people that God's declaring his love for. But he loves that group of people, me, not because of me. He loves that group of people because what he has done in that group of people. See, I'm not lovable. On my own, I'm the lover of darkness thing. But he does this work in me that I might believe, so I get to be a recipient of his love because of what he did, not because of what I did. Just take, put your mind around that for just a minute. Why me? I don't know. I, I wasn't any better than the guy sitting next to me. Okay, or incarcerated next to me. Okay. He, why me? God chose to do a work in me and express his love to me by doing that work. That is, the, 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 what did on the cross applied to me was a work of God. I am a recipient of that manifest love that was on the cross, not because, of, because God worked it in me. I, I get to be a part of that love because he... Read John 3.16 different now, would you? For God so loved, not because you're lovable, it's because he put in you what it takes for him to love you. Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrates his love toward us. In that, while we were still sinners, loving the darkness, Christ died for us. He didn't wait till I believed, till I came to an altar call. He died when I was still saying, I don't like you. I don't want to come to the light. The light exposes my... That's when he died for me. 
Why do I love him? And I'll end with this. 1 John 4 and 19. We love because he first loved us. The only reason I don't love the darkness, I love the light, love him, is because he loved me first. I almost wish we could do worship, praise and worship all over again. Okay? Let's stand. Here's the difficult part, folks. Sometimes we look at our situation, difficult, hard times, things that happen to you you wouldn't wish, wish on your worst enemy. And we tend to want to gauge God's love for us on that. Not the cross. Not that he sent his one and only so that you don't look at the surroundings around you. You look to the one who was lifted up on the tree. That's how I know he loves me. Not because I have a big fancy house and a nice car and I'm blessed. I am blessed because the cross of my Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you so loved. God, I thank you that you so loved when I didn't. I thank you, Lord, that you so loved that I didn't so that I would have eternal life with you. (laughs) I don't deserve it. It is only by your work in me, O God, that I can stand here today as one of your children adopted in to your family, to share in the inheritance that the one on the cross has. I I don't deserve that. But God, because you loved me, I cannot do anything else. I am compelled to love you back. I cannot do otherwise. Father, for those that are listening, watching here today, that they, they don't understand that they, they still avoid the light because it exposes who they are. God, I pray that you open their heart and their mind to the love of our Savior, to the love of our God who has sent His Son to die for them, that while they're still right there in that place in darkness, you died for them, you loved them, that they might have eternal life with you. Holy Spirit, do your great work in spite of this weak preacher. Let your Holy Spirit redeem the lost we ask it O God to the glory of your name and the exaltation of your son Christ our Lord Amen this is Pastor Randy Reams and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word this broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho and if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media. And there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy. Just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one-time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC PO Box 32, Nampa, Idaho 83653. Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. 
Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.